if it's in the news, it's already too late. Right. So if it's in the news that Bitcoin's at $20,000, it's yeah. already too late to get in to Bitcoin because people, if, like I said before, if you're using emotion, you're like, oh, Bitcoin's at $20,000, then you buy Bitcoin and then it crashes back down to 12000 and you just mm -hmm. lost a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's what buy the rumor, sell the news is. Welcome to Taralat's Talk Podcast, the show that aims to share a Filipino's perspective on the ironies, the triumph, and the complexities of life, and being a Filipino expat. I'm your host, Belle. I'm Lynette. And ako si Mark. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Taralat's Talk Podcast. Well, yung episode natin today, it's very, very informative. Not only para sa mga expats, but as expats, I think it's still important to look for ways to be smarter when it comes to our financial health. Yes, tama ka dyan, Belle. And in our early episode, we already discussed about different ways to do that. But in our segments, we thought that it's better to have a separate episode about investing. Mm -hmm. And if you are thinking about investing your money, but hindi kayo sure which option is the best for you, I would suggest to stick around because in this episode, Mark is going to interview my husband about two great investment options you might want to consider. Right. And remember, if you have any other questions or comments, feel free to let us know either in our social media or drop us an email at hellotaraletstalk.com. Okay, moving on. Passing it to Mark. Today, we have a special guest. For those who were listening before, you all you already know him. He is Mabel's uh, husband. Please welcome back uh, Kevin Perez. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, we invited Kevin because he has real-life real experience in trading cryptocurrency and in the stock market. So, Kevin, what is cryptocurrency? All right, cryptocurrency is just digitized uh, money. That's all it is. Here in the United States, our dollar, it, we have digital dollars already. Right. That's the first cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. When that was created, the whole purpose was to be able to transfer money across like borders between countries without mm -hmm. any um, interference with the government without any restrictions and so on and so forth. And so um, obviously now uh, I think Bitcoin was what, 2008 or 2009. Right. And so 14 years later, 15 years later, uh, we have tons of, I think there are over 20,000 different types of cryptocurrencies now. That, Can you repeat that 20,000? Yeah, over 20,000 now, 20,000 wow. different cryptocurrencies. I mean, the majority of them, I think, are projects that probably will not last the test of time right but a lot of them do have they're they're built for a specific purpose and so those those are the ones that i prefer to invest in prefer to buy so uh you mentioned there are at least 20,000 uh, mm -hmm. cryptocurrencies in the market right now but among these cryptocurrencies, which one is um, like the most well-known or, or let's say the most stable? Okay, so one thing we have to, or I, I think we have to clear the air about. Okay, so cryptocurrency is relatively new. 
as far as investments. I mean, it's, like I just said, it's about 14 years old since Bitcoin first started. And that's that's the most famous one. That's the one everybody knows. And everybody, well, most people in the world have heard about. Right. However, um, because cryptocurrency, because the market is new, it's very volatile, meaning that price changes like more than by more than 30, 40 percent are not uncommon. And so compared to the stock market, where I believe uh, Warren, I think it was either Warren Buffett or one of the other uh, really, you know, well-known investors, they say that anything that moves greater than 10 percent is uncommon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's something you have to be a, be wary of uh, right. if you decide to start buying crypto. So uh, it's it's kind of risky if if you're going to ask me if if you're going to look at it that way, that it can move from 40 percent in a flash. Is that an overnight thing? Does it rise and fall do you have like a timeline i mean how fast this movement usually occur so one example one token one cryptocurrency that i that we hold is called uh Solgenic. okay and um i think in the past three i believe three or four days it's gone up by almost 40 percent and so in the past it, week, it's gone up almost, I think it's the past week, it's gone up almost 130%, I believe. Wow. So, wow. And, and, and then on the flip side, uh, back in, I believe it was May of this year, mm -hmm. when the crypto and the stock market pretty much crashed, uh, we saw, uh -huh. for example, Bitcoin, it lost almost 75% of its value. So when was this? A year ago? When the, oh uh, no! This, the COVID? That was this past April, May, June timeframe. Oh, did Bitcoin lose a big chunk of their value? Yeah, Bitcoin went from I think the high was a little, either just at seventy. But we're talking. I'm talking from last December. So Bitcoin right. saw its peak or its uh, all time high of I think seventy five thousand dollars per coin. Wow. And then now it's uh, I think it's about 19,000. So oh, it, it fell down. Oh yeah. It fell oh, everything yeah. went down. The last price that I was aware of it was around 35,000. Now 35,000 was I think 4 or 5 months ago. Oh, so it moves that I mean the value and the the range is is quite um how do you explain this? It moves quite fast. Is that is that is yeah, that the it, word? It it does move really fast. Uh, it, you can, um, there are certain exchanges, the places where you buy and sell uh, cryptocurrencies and stocks. There are certain exchanges that allow you to place uh, different types of sell orders. So that, let's say, if, uh, right, so right now Bitcoin is about 19,000. If I were to buy one Bitcoin and I expect it in the future, to go up to approximately $60,000, then I can put in an order, it's called a limit order, to right. have the exchange sell, let's say, half of a Bitcoin at that price. Mm -hmm. And at the mm -hmm. same time, if you can uh, set um, sell orders or you can set buy orders 
if the price goes up by a certain amount, like say if Bitcoin goes up by 5% and I think the prices are going to continue to go up, then I can set orders that hey, at this point, then I'll buy some more Bitcoin before it starts going higher. Gotcha. But how fast does this usually, like, can the percentage jump 40, 50% in, in a day or like in half a day? D does that happen? Yeah. But with Bitcoin, does, does that happen with Bitcoin or not so much? It, does it go gradually per day? It could lose 20%, 10%? First of all, um, I'm not like a professional trader or anything. Right. So I'm right. not trying to give advice to anyone. Um, it's always advised that you, people say you do your own research and understand what you're buying into and so on and so forth. But uh, Bitcoin, theoretically, it could, yes, jump up by say 40% really, really fast, like within hours. Uh, I don't think it's high. I don't think it's likely, but there are other cryptocurrencies that do, they do that on a, on a daily basis. And some people, they, they're people that buy and sell like in short periods of time, like throughout the day, they're called day traders. There are people that make their money doing just that. They'll buy when they think it's at a low and then when it goes up by 5% or so, then they'll just sell it off. They just kind of sell it off. And they just keep on doing that cycle. Buy when it hits the low again and then sell it off. So hopefully they're making a profit. But uh, from what I've read and researched uh, from what like other from what professional traders have said is that in the long run day trading won't won't make you as much money right. as holding for for the long term okay in relation to this kevin you also dealt with stocks mm -hmm. you're still dealing with stocks right now am i correct yes that is correct so how would you compare both cryptocurrency and uh, the stock market anything that these two have in common Oh yeah, I mean they they have a lot of common. They do they go through the same cycles. Um, like some some people have this misunderstanding that stock markets and cryptocurrencies they only go up and up and up and up. And if you buy in, then eventually mm -hmm. you'll you'll make a ton of money in the end. Uh, but they they go in they go in cycles. They go up right. and then they come back down. They go up and it, it, I think the market the market calls it a correction when it comes down a little and then mm. eventually it's people start um buying back in when they think that it's low enough and then it'll go back up um there are times when you you need to be aware of what's happening in the world um not just in the, not just financially just not, but right. also just world events like the war in Ukraine right. that caused right. the uh, market to go down a lot earlier mm -hmm. this year significantly right right and then also yeah. um, with inflation because inflation is really really high that's caused the markets to all crash pretty much and inflation is the highest uh, right now if if i'm not mistaken yeah. uh it it the prices here just like for common goods mm -hmm. has increased significantly in, in in especially in the states so it this that translate in terms of like let's say the inflation rate went to four percent mm -hmm. does that four percent translate to the stock market or in cryptocurrency uh as well i mean did that, oh well did... well you're okay as far as like inflation as far as here here in the united states where we live 
Um, so I got I got some numbers that I wanted to share, but before we before I go into like these percentages, the thing, my my whole purpose of investing in the stocks and to cryptocurrency is to provide passive income, right for our family, right. So according to statistics.com, the inflation rate in the last year was 8.1%. Well, that's big. But that's well, well that's an average. That's not That's an average. The bit that's not the real picture that you and I see in the grocery store or at the gas pump. So these are the other categories. So as far as uh gas or fuel oil like to heat your home, Inflation right. has caused it to go up by a little over over forty eight percent. Forty eight percent. Yeah, forty eight percent. Gas is over twenty five percent. Electricity over nineteen percent. You're you're talking about just the past, the, the just last year, right? Yes, or, compared or to one a, year ago. These are prices okay. com, prices gotcha. today compared to one year ago. Okay. And then um, for food, like in the grocery store, the average is over ten percent. So right. that 8.1% what people most people hear is not really the what you're seeing out in the real world. Right. The the 8.1% that's across the board, right? You're talking about across the right. board. Correct. Okay. So what what our purpose or like my purpose to invest is to what you want to do is like saving money is is great. However, mm -hmm. so if we think about remembering your head, let's use the 8.1% because it's a lot easier. If you put your money in a savings account, and a lot of people in the world who have bank accounts and who use savings accounts, they tend mm -hmm. to think that's a safe place to put your money. No. No, it's not. Because like using our savings account, we only get 2.2% back in interest a year. So... Every single year that say we have a hundred dollars in there in from last year, this year, uh, well, actually this year it's $94 is our buying power because you take right. the 8.1% inflation, you subtract the 2.2% that we get from the bank. So you're left right. with 6% loss from a year ago. So every single year you're losing money. So what your goal should be is to invest your money so that it's working for you, so that it's generating more than inflation. Mm -hmm. That's correct. That's just from last year. That's not from from like an average from the previous years, right? Because as I can remember, but this was a, a while back, and uh, I remember the average um, inflation was around 4 to 5% annually, but that was uh maybe from if i can't uh if i'm not mistaken that was from the 1990s up to the early 2000s mm -hmm. so uh, the average was 4 to 5% annually right. but with the 8% you're talking about that was just from last year right that Correct. wasn't That's like just in the okay. last year um so when you look if you look at inflation like during the 1970s um when the oil embargo hit and when inflation was really high, you had a really big peak. And then during the 80s and 90s, it came back down. Right. And then I think in about 2000 or so, it went, it started to climb again. 
And then in 2008, when you had when the, the market housing crash. market crash, yeah, then inflation started going up. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, okay, the, the problem that people don't understand is that the our banking system is the reason that we have really high inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because the way, so the way our banking system is, and this is for most uh, Western countries where we have like a capitalist type of economy. Right. So the Frank, it's called a fractional banking system. So mm-hmm. what a fractional bank, I mean, I'll just go this really fast. The fractional okay. banking system works is that if I, if, so a hundred dollars that I put into our savings account, the bank is only required to keep a fraction of that right. on hand. So I think it's about 10%. So they keep ten dollars. The they one. take the ninety dollars and they lend it to someone else. Right. right. So if you're thinking in your head, so I have a hundred dollars in the bank, so that's a hundred dollars, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's ninety dollars that's been lent out. So mm-hmm. now they cre- just created ninety dollars out of thin air because I, mm-hmm. if I were to take out my hundred dollars, there's still the other ninety dollars somewhere mm-hmm. lent to someone. Right. So right, that's correct. That's what a lot of people call it, and I believe it's called money printing. Mm-hmm. They're just mm-hmm. printing money to lend out, and then so what if that person that they lent the ninety dollars takes it, and then so they decide, oh, I'm gonna save it in my savings account. They deposit, let's say they deposit a hundred dollars into the savings account, and they the bank then takes $90 out and lends it to someone else. So this mm-hmm. is like a snowball effect that's been happening yeah. for decades now. Mm-hmm. And when you're mm-hmm. printing money, so if a lot of people have a ton of money, then that means prices start going up because there's a lot more money to go around. So, you know, businesses are businesses and they can make more money off of it. Unfortunately, that's that's how it is. And people think that, oh, like some other countries might think, oh, that's pretty bad. The United States is at like 8.1%. Or like, well, it affects other countries too, especially countries like the Philippines. Um, I showed Bell the the uh, exchange rate. I'm, I'm sure that you might know exchange rate to go from United States dollar to the peso, Philippine peso is really high now. Mm-hmm. And to for us here in the United States, if we're sending remittance back to the PI, then it's we're we're, we're thinking it's awesome. Because I can send a hundred dollars, and our family back in the PI will get more pesos for that right. amount. However, there's also a bad thing about it. So, because the United States dollar is so much stronger than the Philippine peso, that means all of the imported things from the United States going into the Philippines are more expensive. Right. Exactly. It, it doesn't really translate because most of the world is trading in dollars, not in any other currency. So dollar is the most widely traded um, currency. Correct. So it also translates that even the goods not coming from America will also increase in price, even if it's coming from China, even if it's coming from other places. As long as you use the dollar as the medium of exchange, it basically affects the prices of the said goods Correct. coming from, from outside the country. Yes. So Kevin, I heard from Bell that you used to mine cryptocurrency and you stopped doing that now. Any reasons why you stopped doing it? Um, well, we I, I used to mine from, let's see, I think it was back in 
2015, 2016, and I did it for a couple of years. I stopped mining because the cost, the electricity cost of running the miners um, right. 24-7, 365 days a year mm. were outpacing More. the coins that I was getting from, from it. Um, but gotcha. one thing that I didn't think about was that there, there are two ways, I, I believe, this is my personal opinion for mining. There are two different ways to look at it. You can either, let's say, mine Bitcoin and then sell it immediately when you get it for whatever price it's going for. Or you can mine Bitcoin and then you can sell it later when the price is higher. Right. So right. what I didn't realize until I think it was, let's see, last year. Yeah, middle of last year so. During those two years that I mined, one of the coins that we were mining was, uh, it's called Litecoin. And back then, I didn't want to sell it because it was only, I think it was 3 or $4 a coin. Mm -hmm. And so I just left it in the wallet. I just for, kind of forgot about it. And then when we moved up here and middle of last year, you know, during middle of COVID and, you know, everything's going to, you know, S word. And prices were starting to climb and I decided to, you know, check my wallets and see if I could sell anything. So I went uh -huh. to Litecoin and how much was it selling it for? Uh, last it middle of last year, it was selling for $300 a coin. Wow. Yeah. That's a big increase. I know. <laughs> so I, I sold all of those Litecoins and we were able to, and this is including the cost of electricity and the cost of the equipment the ASIC right. miners, right. we actually made $1,700 from the sale wow. of those Litecoin. So I would, if, if you want to mine cryptocurrency, I would look at it long-term. And I okay. would personally mine coins that you think will increase in value later, like years down the road. But um, it, it's still a it's still a risk because you don't oh, yes. know which coins are going to be um, still in value years after. Definitely. It is a risk. I mean, anything in crypto is a risk. It's all about how much risk that you are willing to endure. All right. Just a little bit off topic because, you know, I'm into computer stuff. What did you do with your with the mining rig that you have? You sold it off? I, I, no, I still have it. <laughs> Bell complains because they're too loud. <laughs> The, the there's two different types of mining. You can either do an ASIC miner, which is, uh, I think ASIC stands for application specific integrated circuit. So those are computers that are specifically designed to mine certain types of coins. So we have, we have two of those and the fans on those are really loud. I mean, if you've ever been in like a server center or a near a computer server, those, the fans are super loud. Um, right. And then there's the other type of miners where uh, GPU or graphics right. graphics card mining. Those yeah. are a lot quieter, but they're still they still have a lot of noise. Mm. Now, you still have those uh, GPUs? No, we we still I still have both. We have two two ASIC miners. One does Bitcoin type. I forgot what the code is. Sorry. And then the other one is for uh, alts, other types of altcoins like uh, Litecoin, XRP, and stuff like that. And then we also have a rig for um, graphics card GPU mining. All right. So uh, let's talk about risk. What kind of stock 
investments do do you own and how do you manage the risk? So different types of stock investments. Uh, I think there's two uh, major categories or groups. There's growth stocks and then there's value stocks. So value stocks are good for long term. Like uh, for ex a good example is uh, Coca-Cola. So okay. the Coca-Cola company has been here for decades, if not year, centuries. I'm pretty sure it's really long. And mm -hmm. then there, I'm pretty sure in my mind that the demand for Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola products is not going to go away. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a Pepsi person, you can also invest in Pepsi. And it's, it's the same thing. Um, right. Plus, on, the, on top of that, Coca-Cola pays a dividend. So... What a, what a dividend is, is like, say, if Coca-Cola uh, has a profit for the quarter, then what they'll do is they'll take a percentage of the profit, um, whatever the percent dividend is, and then they'll distribute it towards to their stockholders. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there's growth stocks. Um, one of the growth stocks is, at least I, I believe it's a growth stock, is Tesla. So mm -hmm. Tesla does not provide a dividend. Um, it's a fairly new technology company, um, mm -hmm. less than, I think less than 15 years, uh, or le at least less than 10 years on the stock market. Um, but I think that the value of Tesla will go up in the future because they're, to me, I believe that they're, they are the front runner in electric vehicle, um, not only sales or I'm pretty sure it's still sales, but development and research. That's true. And um, with the prices of gas right now, it's uh, the like Tesla is just going to go up. Yeah. Um, and also important thing to know about Tesla, it's not just an electric vehicle company. Tesla makes a whole bunch of different stuff. They make batteries like home batteries. They make solar panels. They I mean, you have to look look at what Tesla does. I'm not advocating for anybody buying it, but. To me, I think it's a good value for long term. Um, I, I would say eventually it, it might turn into a value stock. But right now, because the sector that they operate in is so new, especially EVs, then they're right now they're a growth stock. Um, and then another thing you have to look for, like I said about Coca-Cola, is the dividend paying stocks. Those are really important. You can, I guess... Uh, make the settings for wherever you buy your stocks. Like, say, if you buy it on uh, Robinhood, you can. I think almost everybody can get it on Robinhood, but you can make it so that it takes the dividend and just reinvest it into the stock. So it's like compound interest on that stock. So it, it, let's say it's just get, getting you four percent. It's not just four percent because it's if you're compounding it, it's it's going to be more than four percent on an annual basis. So um connection with this is there any special way you diversify your stocks in which uh, you reduce the risk for sure uh, most of the people know this that value stocks are the more stable stocks and mm -hmm. um, the growth stocks are the more riskier stocks right because it's the one that could pay you more dividends at right. the end with the growth stock so how do you like manage the risk and how do you divide your your portfolio between growth and um, value stocks uh, well, managing risk as far as the stock market is concerned, uh, one of the things is understanding the difference between the two growth and value stocks, and then what is the market situation. So, right in well, let's say in the past 
seven, eight months, we've been in a bear market, which means mm -hmm. the stock market is going down if you look mm -hmm. at, at it over time. If the market is down, it's the time to buy. Well, it depends on where you are in the market because you don't want to buy at the top of the bear market. Uh, nobody can nobody can time the market. Right. Some people will say they can, but no, nobody can really actually time the market. They can't buy when it's at the absolute lowest val lowest price and then sell at the absolute highest price. But how yeah, about you're if correct. I have NZT forty eight? Say again. If I have the NZT forty eight, the what? limitless drug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about the stock market if you have that. <laughs> you should just go straight to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, as you were saying. Yeah. So um, during a bear market, when it's going down, then it's best to, and generally it's best to invest in value stocks because like you said, they're more stable. Hopefully they won't go down in, val in price as much as the growth stocks. However, if you think that the market is at the bottom or near the bottom or just past the absolute bottom, then it's best to shift to growth stocks. Because like you said, they have the higher potential of uh, higher profits in a, bear, in a bull market. A bull market is when the market's going up. Right. Well, I believe that you should have a certain percentage of your portfolio in dividends, especially for... Companies that are set that there's, let's say they're so big that they probably won't fail, but you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. crap happens and big companies fail, mm -hmm. but getting that dividend back and either keeping it and then selling it off and then depositing money in your bank account or reinvesting it into the stock market or back into that company, I think will pay off a lot more in the long term. Like we're talking not just five years in the future. We're talking like 10, 20 years in the future. Years. Okay. So, and then as far as cryptocurrency versus the stock market, um, that's up to you. I mean, I know, I know some people that are all in just crypto. They have nothing to do right. with the stock market. And they're, they're the people that are willing to take the risk to possibly get that huge upside. Because like like we said before, you if you go from three dollars back in two thousand sixteen to a little over three hundred dollars last year, that's a three hundred or no. three hundred? No, that's like three thirty thousand percent. Yeah. Or something more. like that. Yeah. So and then the the good thing on top of that is that all I had to do was is pay for the equipment and the electricity and I got the token. It wasn't any something I had to think about. So it's all about how much risk are you willing to take? Um, for us, I think we have right now, we have, let's see, if I'm not mistaken, almost 50 50. In talking about between, between the stock market and crypto. Or stock and crypto, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. We have, well, probably 40 40, and then 20% we have in precious metals. That's mm -hmm. a different market. I've heard a lot of people want to deal with that too, because with precious metals, it's mm -hmm. basically it's more tangible. It it doesn't really the market doesn't really uh, shift as as much. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, I think a little more stable. Um, in the in the long run, it is, but because that's what I heard. Yeah, one of the good things that uh, 
like for example, one of the metals that we invest, we are invested in. Yeah. The place that we invest in, we can actually have them ship to us, so we can have it mm-hmm. in our possession instead of in you their like you're in their it. possession in uh, I think right. it's a Swiss bank vault somewhere. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I just want to ask Kevin because mm-hmm. uh, in the Philippines, it's one of the avenues or like uh, a medium where you can invest in. How about with bonds? Do you have experiences with uh, with bonds? Um. No, I don't. I've looked into it. Um, right. I know some people uh, where I work, they would tell me you should look at bonds too. But I mean, they're the percentage yield in bar- bonds compared to the stock market and compared to especially crypto is really low. Right. But it's more secure. It's less risk. Yeah, it is. It's more secure. But one thing. One thing you have to understand, like say if you buy, let's say if I were to buy U.S. government bonds, right? Then, yes, it's less risk, it's more secure, and it's you know I'm paying money for government United States government bonds. But what you, I mean, this may lead into whether you think it's right or not to support it. But if you buy, from what I understand, if I were to buy U.S. government bonds. What I'm actually doing is I'm funding the United States government debt. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So if you are a type of person that is against, you know, overspending and stuff like that, then it, it might, you know, it might not be for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it is generally safer. It's uh, almost guaranteed, 99% guaranteed, I guess. Exactly. 99% guaranteed that you're, you're going to get your money back. I mean, yeah. uh, that you're going to get the, the percentage yield that they promised you. Right. Yeah. So, and then on the same side, like going back to crypto, you can, in in a way that dividends pay back, stocks pay dividends. Then there are there is crypto that you can, like they're called. It's called staking, where if I were to stake one Bitcoin and at exchange, then I would receive a percentage. So some of the cryptos that that we have are, I'm we're actually able to do that. And you can actually get, let's see what my yield was. Uh, I looked at the lowest percentage that we're staked at is 5.47%. And then the highest one is 14.67%. So, I mean, 14.67% beats mm-hmm. inflation. Right. But it's important to, regardless of where you are in the world, you have to know what national and what local laws there are on investing both investing in stocks and bonds or whatever and investing in cryptocurrency i mean if you're outside of the united states then you're lucky because you most likely i would say it's like 90 percent most likely that you do have set laws in place already on cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. unfortunately in the united states are are people in the legislature they're lazy in the past 14 years, they haven't created any laws for for cryptocurrency. For cryptocurrency, so we we what what in the in the terminology that everybody uses, we don't have any clarity as to what is legal to buy, what is a security or not a security. Um, I mean, that's a whole different types of laws, and it's it's insane that. Like we're pretty much the only country, and we're supposedly we're the leader in the financial world. Gotcha. All right. Uh, now, okay. 
if I want to get into the stock market mm -hmm. or like cryptocurrency, what's the best way to get me started on these things? Like for stock market first, is there like a certain website or an app that could do both? Uh, I, I would say the, the easiest way um, right. for stocks and bonds or well, stocks is probably, I mean, I'm not affiliated with them or by any means, but Robinhood.com. It's, it's also an app, an app, but you can buy stocks. You can buy some cryptocurrencies in it. And then they also have uh, like uh, tutorials that'll teach you about stock trading. It'll, they'll teach you about cryptocurrency and stuff like that. Um, the only thing, and this, this is a really big piece of information. The only thing that Robinhood does not give you is your mm -hmm. own wallet. I want to talk about more of that. What is a digital wallet? How do I get it? How do I protect it? Because me, I don't know what it is. Okay, well, uh, well, let's go back to Robinhood. So Robinhood, so you can learn about stocks. You can buy and trade a lot of the stocks on the market, and it'll teach you everything. So what a wallet, a digital wallet is, if you think about it, as it's just a digital copy of an actual physical wallet. So it's a an address. Is it um, an IP address? No, 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 no. In general, cryptocurrency, there are different blockchains. Um, mm -hmm. Let's say like there's the Ethereum, the Ether blockchain. Um, there's Binance, the BNB blockchain. Um, they're all different. So you you have to, if you have different types of crypto, you have to have wallets in each of these blockchains. Okay. There are some wallets that cross different blockchains, like... Uh, MetaMask. MetaMask has different blockchains that you can connect and create wallets. So all it is, is it's an address. It's like a, I don't know how many characters, some, some of the, some of the code for the characters is like the actual written address is something like 32 to 64 characters or something. And they're mm -hmm. uppercase, lowercase and numbers and letters and so it's it's so so it's similar like like an IPv6 code. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and then on top of that, that's your your the address for your wallet. Um I might be mistaken on the terminology there. But let's say for for MetaMask, if I have uh Ethereum. So Ether is the token for the Ethereum network. So I have an Ether address. So I can send Ethereum the Ether token to that address. Now, when you send or receive crypto, it's important that you get this address exactly as it's written in the wallet. Right. I recommend copy pasting your address or having some, if you're, if I'm sending Ether to you, then I, uh -huh. I would rather you text me your Ethereum address, your Ether address. This kind of address, we can compare this to a bank account, right? In in the real world. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Because if you get one number wrong, you might be sending money to someone else. Yeah. Well, okay. So in the crypto world, yes, you might be sending money to someone else. Or if nobody has, like if, if, that, if it's one number off, mm -hmm. if nobody owns that wallet address, it just disappears. It's gone. So it's gone. Yes. You can't you, you can't get it. Yeah, there's no going back. You that's why Ooh. you have to ensure and I would triple check, five times check that the addresses you send or receive to are exactly exactly correct. That's why I 
like if, if you can see the address on your computer screen or your phone, I would copy it, copy and paste. Mm-hmm. But then even so, after you copy and paste it, then make sure like the first five or seven numbers and letters and the last five or seven are exactly as it is where you got it from. Because, yeah, a lot of people have lost a lot of money because they sent it to uh-huh. the wrong address or they copied it or they, you know, typed it out wrong. I see. Yeah. So but the, but back to Robinhood. So Robinhood does not have wallets for everyone. So which means that let's say you buy if, if I were to buy one Ether, one Ether coin, ETH coin, um, a lot of a lot of people call it Ethereum, but it's actually an Ether token. But mm-hmm. so if I buy, I were to buy one of those on Robinhood, what it actually means is that Robinhood is holding one Ether token for me. I don't mm-hmm. actually own it. Okay. I, I cannot, if I buy it from them, currently, if, I, if you don't have a wallet, because I think it's in beta right now, but if you don't have a wallet from them, then you cannot send or receive any crypto. So with a common phrase in the um, crypto world is not your keys, not your crypto. It means if you don't have keys to the wallet, then it's you don't actually hold it. You don't actually have it in, well, you know, in, in your digital wallet. Right. Uh, when you create like a MetaMask wallet, they it'll have you create a mnemonic phrase, or it'll give you a, a phrase of like twenty four words or numbers or whatever that it they tell you. And this is every single wallet that's created. They tell you to actually physically write it down, and then triple check mm-hmm. it quadruple mm-hmm. check it and five times check it to make sure that they're all correct, all in the correct order and spelt exactly as it is on the screen. And then take that piece of paper and then lock it somewhere. Make sure you don't lose it because <laughs> you laugh. But I, I know a guy who they, he lost his, he lost his, uh, that phrase. And I think he had two or three Bitcoin and, and like Ooh. he had his wallet on a hard drive. And he can't, uh-huh. can't, he has the hard drive, but he can't get back into it. Ooh, so and if you don't sucks. have that phrase, you cannot, they, they will not let you get back let in. Let you access it. Yeah. Because that's, that's why it's secure. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a good and a bad, but that's why it's secure because someone else, I mean, unless if, if you take that phrase and then you, what do you do? Like you put it on your Google drive somewhere. If someone hacks your email. They can right. get to that phrase and then they can withdraw the stuff because they have access to your wallet. Gotcha. So like, um, I think it was, uh, who was it? Vitalik Buterin. He's the creator of the ether token or the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, really super, super smart guy. But so he had his written down. And then what he, additionally, what he did was he like tore it in half. And then sent half of it to like somebody on his dad's side and half of it to somebody on his mom's side for additional <laughs> security. Um, I, what, I, I would I would imagine that his wallet has a ton of money in it, but that's that's security. That's how, what if one of those like relatives lost it? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> I would say keep your crypto safe. Uh, putting in a wallet is great, but Ultimately, what you want to have is a cold, what's called a cold wallet. A cold wallet is like the Ledger Nano. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A Nano Drive, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different. There's Ledger. There's I think Trezor Wallet is another one. But these cold drives are good because 
it's not hooked up to the internet and so people can't hack hack into it right um other wallets like we i mentioned metamask i'm not aware of anybody hacking into metamask but i am aware of people getting spam like a you know the emails the spam emails that you get that look authentic but there are instances where people thought it was for metamask and but it wasn't yeah it wasn't and they they it's like uh, a phishing website yeah but well this one was the way it worked is they mimicked everything on the regular metamask computer screen or website and it had them type in their codes and stuff like it, it they would try to log in normally and it would give them errors or something and they're like uh-huh. oh you want to try an alternate way and they say oh enter your mnemonic phrase and if you Ooh. enter it and you're giving them your they're exactly. you're giving them access to your wallet so um one thing on i think metamask says is that they'll never ask you for those words they will never ever ask and i'm pretty sure all of the wallets say that so if anybody asks you for those those words, don't ever give it okay. to them. All right. As we wrap this up, any final advice on anyone who wants to start investing in cryptocurrency or in st- in the stock market? Um. Yeah, there's a few things that I wanted to say. So investing in general, you have to check your emotions at the door, meaning your decisions cannot be emotional, mm-hmm. emotionally driven. They have mm-hmm. to be logically driven. They have to be based on the research that you've done and the data that you have. Because when you start to let your emotions, like when earlier this year, when the market crashed, if you start to let your emotions drive your decisions, then you will lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So um, I would advise everyone to search for on Google, the Wall Street cheat sheet psychology of a market cycle okay well can you repeat that again wall street cheat sheet right wall street cheat sheet psychology of a market cycle what this is is a one slide jpeg picture and it shows the different emotions as the price of something goes up and then comes back down so another thing is um something that who was it warren buffett said uh, be greedy when people are fearful and be fearful when people are greedy. So right. it, it ties into that uh, psychology of a market. So when right now people are fearful because the market's down, it's mm-hmm. like really bad. So you want to so be greedy because that, like you said earlier, time to be greedy. Yes, exactly. When the prices are low, Warren Buffett also said, I mean, I like Warren Buffett. He's 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 old, but he, he's made a ton of money and he's uh-huh. beat the odds of almost everybody I know. So he said the best time to buy the best value stocks are when they're on a discount, which is right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're about most most stocks in crypto are probably like 90% of the value that they were just seven, eight months ago. Right. Um, only invest what you're willing to lose. Yeah, that one I heard millions of times. Yeah. You don't want to be forced to uh, sell your position, sell your stocks or your crypto. Because you have to pay for something. And then no one, like we said before, no one understand what you're investing in. Research is really, really important. Don't just go on what some person on YouTube said. Told you. Yeah. yeah. Because they might be wrong. They could be right, but they might be wrong too. Right. Um, another one is buy the rumor, sell the news. If it's in the news, it's already too late. 
Right. So if it's in the news that Bitcoin's at $20,000, it's already too late to get in to Bitcoin because people, if, like I said before, if you're using emotion, you're like, oh, Bitcoin's at $20,000, then you buy Bitcoin and then it crashes back down to 12000 and you just mm -hmm. lost a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's what buy the rumor, sell the news is. And then, like we said before, be knowledgeable of like business, international and local news. Uh, mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that will cause the market to go up. A lot of things to to go down. It's it's a lot to keep up on, right? But there are some apps that'll kind of uh, streamline it for you. Like I think it's I think the app I have is Smart News. All right. Oh wait, one more. Sure. Make sure you don't spend everything if you decide to sell. What do you mean? Well, because depending on the country and depending on how the taxes work. Like here in the United States, it's called capital gains tax. Yeah. You have to report it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to pay tax for that. Yeah. Only if you sell. Right. If you don't sell, if the value goes up and you don't sell, you don't have to report it because you never you never got money in your bank account. True. So just be wary of that. All right. We want to thank you, sir, for being with us today and uh, sharing your knowledge on the topic about investment. I know it's a lot to take in for the new listeners, but again, as Kevin said, do your own research. Mm -hmm. Don't let others do the decision for you. Do your own decision. Do your own stuff before going into investment because at the end of the day, it's your money. It's not theirs. Yeah. like One good example is all the people who bought uh, cryptocurrency because Kim Kardashian told them it was cool <laughs> and it was awesome. You should buy this. Don't do it because she doesn't know anything about crypto. <laughs> she got paid to do to say that stuff. <laughs> All right. So thank you. And yep, thank you. That's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>